Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A simple understanding that we have as Christians is that our Lord Jesus Christ ascended to heaven around 2,000 years ago. You know, Jesus Christ came and was born from a virgin. He lived 33 and a half years. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for the sins of mankind. And he was buried. And he rose again from the grave. And he walked and gave witness after he rose again for 40 days. And after 40 days, he ascended up to God the Father and is now sitting on the right hand. Now, before he ascends, he reminds his disciples of the commission. What commission would this be? The commission to preach the gospel to all the world. As we have read it just a moment ago, he commissions disciples to be a witness. He commissions them to the uttermost part of the earth. He commissions to them to Samaria, the neighboring region. He commissions them to Judea, their abiding region. But before all that, he commissions them to a city, a city called Jerusalem. And in application, it is very clear that a local church in the city of Gardena and a region of South Bay, the work of evangelism must start from in which we have the most close reachability. And evangelism must start from home. It must start from Jerusalem. It must start from Gardena. Yes, we want to go beyond. We want to go beyond the, uh, the region here and also into all the world. And we do that through mission giving. We have some mission trips that we take, and, and we get to take part in that. But we must not neglect the home, the region that God has given us, the place that God has concentrated and also gathered the believers together to preach the gospel. Oh, we have Christians in this local area attending this local church, and we have the word of God in every Christian's home, and, and we have the resource of tracts, services, and events to let the community know the gospel plan and the existence of a biblical church. And the most importantly, I believe the great asset of being a church and also being a believer is that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. And the Holy Spirit of God will empower and equip us to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we cannot go out as a church in the flesh, in our own strength, and we will just come back in vain. But through the Holy Spirit of God's power, I believe there will be a great difference. It's very obvious that every resource, reason, and power is available for the church to be gazed in evangelism. But it's quite amazing how the church doesn't get involved. It's quite amazing how the church doesn't really feel needed to reach out to the community and also uh, have compassion for the laws. And, and I believe there are two ways of evangelism. And I believe in most cases we're fall, uh, failing in both. Number one, first, Christians personally preaching the gospel. Christians personally preaching the gospel. And I believe this is the best way. This is the, uh, 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 the fulfillment of the Great Commission for every believer to preach the gospel to their neighbor or to their loved ones and to everybody that they see. And, and I hope you have that heart. And that's one way of evangelism. Personally do it and personally contact people and personally work on people. And secondly, we have Christians inviting others to church so that they may hear the, go they may hear the gospel and that they may be saved. 
And, and, and that's the second way of evangelism or method that you could use. And many people don't know how to maybe present the gospel in a very effective way. But I want you to be encouraged that you could do the second option of letting others know there's a church uh, uh, that loves them. And also there's a church that could share with them about the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and you could invite them along for a service. And I believe this wonderful option is, is available for us. And I believe that we're neglecting it many times. And we need to get really get engaged in it. I think most of us would agree that the first is more challenging than the second. But the statistic as well reveals that the church is even struggling with the second. And yes, you know, personally preaching the gospel, that's kind of hard. Preacher, that's for you. And uh, yes, I'm called to preach the gospel. I'm called to preach the word of God. And, and uh, I don't mind receiving that. I don't mind uh, declaring that. But as Christians and believers, you have the same responsibility to let others know about the Lord Jesus Christ. And you could personally do it. And you might have some uh, hesitance of doing it. And, and statistics re- reveal that there's lower percentage of people in Christendom that are really engaged in the first part of evangelism. But also, second part, they're doing it less and less. They're not inviting people to church. Statistic reveals that only... of church members invite an unchurched person to church. And also, 98% of churchgoers never extend an invitation in a given year. That's a very, very sad news. And uh, I think many uh, many of us are in that percentile. And I wonder if we have really invited people to church. I wonder if we had compassion for the lost and, and, and invite them to church so that they could hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And statistics also reveals that seven out of ten church, unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole lives. Seven out of ten. Unchurched people have never, never been invited to church in their whole lives. Line up ten people who never go to church. Seven of them never received a trial. Seven of them never heard about the gospel. Seven of them never heard about so in, uh, uh, a so-called church to go for a service. Now, this is just inviting people to a church, and we must wonder how bad the stats are concerning the primary method of evangelism, sharing the gospel on your own. I'm sure it's not good. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, the encouraging news as Christians is that, is this next, next statistics, uh, statistics. Here it is. A study including more than 15,000 adults revealed that about two-thirds, around 66%, are willing to receive information about a local church from a family member. And if you have some family members who don't go to church, you know, uh, 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 you know they don't have a schedule, uh, a place in their lives where they uh, uh, attend church, hey, they're happy to receive a track or maybe an invitation from you as family. Look how excited he is, amen? I picked that picture for a reason. People are excited to receive an invitation from you as a family member. So don't doubt, and don't be hesitant, don't be fearful, invite them. And then uh, I believe it shows that you really care, that you really love them. 
And then also, uh, 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 there, uh, 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 within this 15,000 adults, it reveals that uh, 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 56% will gladly receive an invitation from a friend or a neighbor. You have neighbors? How many say, I have neighbors? Raise your hand. Yeah, I think all of us, I don't think you're in a mountaintop somewhere living by yourself, right? And everyone has neighbors, and, and everyone has somebody next to them and uh, living in a, 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 a street nearby or maybe a corner nearby. And, and there are people out there, and, and they'll gladly receive those tracks, 56%. One out of two people will gladly receive an invitation from me. This is encouraging stats. Yes, the beginning stats uh, were very discouraging, discouraging, but we see that people are not indifferent. People are not apathetic toward church. There are a good percentage of people just waiting for an invitation within your family and within your neighbor and within your friendship. The message is clear that the unchurched are open to conversations about church. If we can perform the first and at least at least let us perform the second. It's very obvious that the main problem performing the Great Commission uh, does, lie, uh, does not lie is, uh, in God's word, in God's commission, uh, even this lost and dying world. But the main problem lies within us. His people are not willing. His people are not willing to step out by faith to invite people to church and, and give a gospel track and even personally witness to the lost. The main problem is with the church. Didn't Christ have a prayer request in Matthew 9, verse 37? And then he said unto his disciples, And harvest truly is plenteous. The laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of harvest, that he was sent for laborers into his harvest. You see, God needs a voice. He needs your voice. He needs all of our voices. I, le- I read a very convicting quote the other day. You know, churches that have lost their heart for evangelism are living out their final chapter. If we are indifferent about preaching the gospel and letting other uh, people know about Jesus Christ, we're in the last chapter, my friend. Might as well not gather together anymore. It is the end. We're entering the end. God could easily shut the doors of, of this church if we are indifferent about reaching the lost. And, and uh, yes, give it about maybe another generation, but I guarantee you there will be just remnant left in this church. And, and, uh, and, and we're not just talking about the English ministry. We're talking about every ministry in this church, the Korean, the Spanish, and, uh, and, and even the children, the youth ministry. And they will just all close up if we are indifferent about preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, oh, I want you to be encouraged that God wants to, uh, God wants to use you and God wants you to uh, uh, get into this simple commission so that uh, you could be empowered, you could be equipped so that you may win the loss in this dying community. And uh, 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 as much as heaven is real, we are uh, rejoicing about heaven and we're happy about heaven. We're shouting about heaven. Let us be uh, uh, sorrowful and let us have tears about hell because there are people who are dying today. How we could get our focus into the world so much that we're not focused on the eternal things. We have a simple commission, my friend. We only have short life. We only have a short life that, that, like I shared in the presentation just early on John chapter 9, and hey, there's this night coming when no man can work. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when God will call me home. 
and uh, but it might be even tomorrow. But uh, 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 only God knows, and and if only God knows, then I must uh, o- obediently just keep on doing His work while I have time. And let us make sure that we have the same principle and philosophy in our hearts. And as much as Jesus Christ got engaged in the work for three and a half years and witnessed until lost, hey, let us make sure we do the same in our own lives because we're saved by grace. Why don't we preach about grace too? So with that, let me just give you three simple uh, uh, reminders concerning this commission of evangelism. Number one, a simple observation. A simple observation, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You know, our Savior had eyes like we, uh, we, uh, we did uh, or we do, but with different perception. Christ saw the world differently. How did Christ see them? He simply saw them lost. And we must remind ourselves that this world is lost and hopeless without Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, if you look on the screen, the the Bible describes people in this world this way before being saved. It says to open their eyes, meaning they're blind. To turn from their darkness to light, meaning they're in darkness. And from the power of Satan unto God, they're under the power, not of God, but of Satan. But uh, that they may receive the forgiveness of sin. There are simple people who need forgiveness. They're not doing okay on their own. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, is it quite clear that this world is not in a very good condition and they need the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to save them and to change them. And they're not fine if they make $100,000 a year because they are not saved. They'll leave everything behind. They'll plunge into the lake of fire and not know Jesus Christ and not know heaven as their home. And and, uh, uh, just because they're doing well financially, just because they're doing well in their career, just because they're doing well in their health, that doesn't mean they're okay. No, they're not okay. They don't have Jesus Christ. Oh, I want you to be encouraged that we need to see how Jesus Christ saw this world. And the Bible says that he had compassion on them. You know, some Christians could be so judgmental about this world, and, uh, and they get so uh, uh, critical about this world, and, and, and they say, you know, this world is hopeless, it's, it's going the wrong direction, and it's getting simple, and it's getting worse and worse. And as they uh, alliterate that all the time, they don't preach the gospel. They just get judgmental. They don't get compassionate. I want you to be encouraged that you need to be compassionate about preaching the gospel. And, uh, you know, there are many people, they're suffering. They're going through different trials, and, and they're going through some different uh, logic in their minds. Even yesterday, as I was door knocking in Torrance, and, and I met a young man. He's 18 years old, just graduated high school, and, and he brought up Catholic. He went to church all his life, and, but now he's questioning why he believed what he believed. And, and he said, I don't really believe the Bible, and, and I don't want to read the Bible, and I smell heaven and all these things. And, and at the end, I said, have you ever read the Bible entirely? And he looked me in the eye and he said, no. And I said, well, I encourage you to do it. You'd be surprised what God reveals to you. And uh, here's a young man, never, read, never even read the Bible entirely, but ruled it out in his life already. And, uh, and, and just bringing about his own philosophy and principle about God. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, it's amazing how people are so lost. 
And when the truth is right in front of them, they want to venture out to some different ideas and different philosophies out there. And, and we as a church uh, must remind them and let them know that Jesus Christ is still the way, the truth, and the life. And let us make sure that we preach the gospel compassionately. Let us not be judgmental. Let us uh, uh, feel uh, uh, sympathetic toward them and where they are. And I felt sympathetic toward uh, uh, this young man that I met. And I wasn't being judgmental because he shut out, he uh, shut down the Bible right in front of me. No, I felt sorry for him because his soul is going to die and go to the lake of fire. I encourage him to read the Bible. I encourage him to visit our church. And, of course, it's going to take more than one meeting to just convince him about the gospel because he feels like he knows everything that he's been brought up with. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, many people are, by the way, religious, but they're not saved. They go to church, but they're not saved. You might have some friends or neighbors that go to church, but ask them the question, if you die today, would you know for sure about going to heaven? I guarantee you many of them will not have the simple answer, yes, I received Jesus. They'll have a long list of things they have done, or, or they even might say, I don't know. I, I, try, I never really thought about that. And what a great opportunity for you to preach the gospel to them. Oh, I think about what Jeremiah wrote in Lamentation 3.51. My eye affected my heart. I wonder, does your eye affect your heart today? Do you see what Christ sees? Do you see how Christ sees? Do you feel what Christ feels? Do you have compassion? Do you have compassion for your family members who are laws and your neighbors who are laws, your friends who are laws, your coworkers who are laws, your employees or employers who are laws? Think about it. Why aren't we broken for this world as Jesus was or even Jesus is? I think it's because we're too busy about the temporary things in life. We're caught up with work too much. We're caught up with money too much. We're caught up uh, with where I want to go and what I want to do in my life and, and, uh, and, and, and thinking about leisures and thinking about temporary things. And not, I'm not against all those things, but Jesus Christ said to the disciples in John 4, 34, uh, uh, lift up your eyes and look in the field, for they are right or ready to harvest. You know what the disciples worried about when he, Jesus Christ was saying that? They're worried about meat, food. They went out to the marketplace, got some food, and got the food to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, guess, who, guess what he was doing? He was leading a woman at the, uh, leading a woman at the well to, uh, to himself. And, 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 and the disciples, uh, uh, oh, master, eat, they say. And Jesus Christ said, uh, I want you to know I have meat that you do not love. I want you to know I have some other meat that I need to partake here. And the disciples, in their confusion, did somebody else give him lunch? Did somebody else give him meat? And Jesus Christ says, hey, I want you to know, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. He says, lift up your eyes and look. I know the temporary things are calling for you. I know your stomach is calling for you. I know your physical needs are calling for you. But look out to the field. Look out to the people. They're dying and going to hell, and, and, and they're white already into harvest, and, and you could go out there and receive great reaping. Look at this woman. She just got saved. And by the way, after she got saved, she went out into her neighborhood and brought all the men, and come and see uh, 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 this man uh, uh, who explained my life away. And, 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 and these uh, men came and they witnessed for himself, and, and many of those people also received Jesus Christ, their Savior. And it's pretty amazing that this lady didn't need a soul-winning training program, amen? She just needed to go out and, hey, come and see Jesus. 
come and see Jesus. And I think you could do that. And uh, experience Jesus. And uh, give a gospel track and invite them to church. Hear about Jesus. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have neglected the harvest enough. We have neglected this community enough. We have neglected Gardena enough. And, and we're just fine. We're just sitting in our pews and listening to the messages. But let us go out like mighty army and witness to these people who are dying and going to hell. And, and Jesus Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will now prevail against it. You see, we're not on the defense. We're on the offense. The gates of hell will now prevail against us. That means we're charging forward to the gates of hell so that we may win the loss, so that we may win those who are plunging themselves to the lake of fire. And Jesus Christ has given us his Holy Spirit. For, uh, with, uh, with his empowerment, all things are possible, my friend. And of course, by ourselves, it's not possible. Oh, let's have a simple observation. Let us lift up our eyes and look. Secondly, not only that, a simple opportunity in John 4, verse 36 to 38, and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And here is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent, to you, I sent you to reap that wherein ye bestow no labor, other men I have labor, and ye are entered into their labors. You see, the simple opportunity is that we get to enter the harvest together. And Christ says here, some people sow, some people reap. But all rejoice together for the labor and the results. Not everyone here will have the opportunity and personally share the gospel and reap a blessing from it. But you could be a sower. You could just pass out tracts. Some people might not, uh, uh, might, I'm sorry, might reap the blessing of personally leading someone to Christ. But we need to recognize that there, is, uh, there were sowers who came before us. And, and there are people who uh, worked on them. And now uh, uh, you get the opportunity to uh, uh, lead them to Christ. And I remember several years ago, I knocked on a door on the west side of Gardena. And I knocked at this man's door. And he had a little goggles on. He had just LASIK surgery. And, and he was willing to talk to me, though. And, and I asked him, if you die today, would you know for sure about going to heaven? And he said, I don't know. And I said, would you like to know? And, and he said, yes. And, and he invited me to his home. And, he, and we sat in the living room. And I shared the gospel to him. And he had this problem with faith. He didn't know uh, 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 about all the things in the Bible. He had some different questions. I was able to answer minor questions, but I always went back to the gospel. You need to think about Jesus Christ. You need to think about your soul. And, and at the end, I explained to him Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hey, you don't need more evidences here. You don't need more questions answered. You just need to have simple faith. And he had tears in his eyes. He said, that's true. I just need faith. I don't need more answer. This is what I'm neglecting. I need faith. And after 20 minutes, uh, he received Christ as personal Savior. And uh, he looked up at me. He said, you know, my, my, my sister has been working on me. You know, my sister has been inviting me to her church all this while. I said no. And, and I went there a couple of times. But, you know, it didn't really occur to me how needed this was. And as he was tearing up and he was crying, you know, he just said, thank you for coming by. Guess what? I got to reap that day. But somebody else sowed. His sister did. But God Almighty, amazingly, had his network. He, he encouraged 
his sister, hey, preach to, uh, uh, share the gospel to your brother, invite him to church, and let him know about me, and let him know about salvation, and, uh, and I'm going to work on Jimmy over here to uh, knock on doors on the west side of Granina, and uh, he's going to meet your brother, and then, uh, and, then he, and he'll be able to lead him to the Lord, he'll be able to lead him uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and so that they could have, uh, have the gospel in his life, and, 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 and I don't know who she is, and I, hopefully I'll, I'll meet her in heaven, but when I meet her in heaven, I'm going to shake her hand. Hey, good teamwork. Good teamwork. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know it's a simple opportunity. You don't need to complicate this. Where, who am I going to meet? Where am I going to go? No, you just go. And, and you just leave it up to the Lord. I remember I was uh, driving a a bus for another church, and I was a staff there, and I was uh, driving a bus to uh, this uh, family uh, 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 amusement park, and, and I, drove, I, I drove them there, and, and uh, I, I was just staying there for two to three hours just because I was a bus driver at that time, and, and I was just uh, uh, sitting there just kind of doing my own work, and I, I was just letting the, you know, the, the, the teachers have all the uh, uh, you know, uh, responsibility for the kids. I was just a driver, and as I was sitting there, I noticed another driver, a bus driver, and he was from Pasadena. He drove up all the way to, I think, uh, 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 I think I was in West Covina area. And, uh, and uh, 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 he was there as well. And, and uh, uh, I, the, the Lord just pressed up on my heart and said, you know what? There's a reason you're a bus driver and he's a bus driver. And you have something in common. You could talk to that person. And I gave him a gospel track. I had a gospel track in my pocket. And I said, you know what? There's a track for you. And we'd love for you to read it. And we'd love for you to visit the website. And I got to ask after 15 minutes, just talking general things. I said, if you died today, would you know for sure about going to heaven? He said, no. I said, sir, could I show you from the Bible? I think he's around maybe 40 years old. I got to share the gospel. I think I was about 26, 25 or so. And he received Christ as personal Savior that day. I never knew I would meet that man. But God knew. And God orchestrated for bus drivers to meet. And so they have something in common. So one person could lead the other one to Christ. And you're like that in your workplace. It's a simple opportunity. It's a very simple opportunity in your college. Wherever you go, I want you to know it's a simple opportunity you're neglecting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. You see, we just need to do the footwork. We just need to go out, and God says, I'll give you the increase. All blessed. Number three, I'm done. A simple obedience. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went. And I think about Acts chapter 10, Peter uh, was uh, uh, commanded by uh, Holy Spirit. He says, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. You see, ladies and gentlemen, these people did not have all the intellectual abilities, and they didn't, they didn't have all the scholarly of, uh, 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 knowledge. They didn't have all the background, no. They just simply obeyed. And Curtis Hudson once said, only alternative to sowing is disobedience. If you were to ne uh, neglect the simple commission, you're simply disobeying his commandment. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Acts chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them, and that they had been with Jesus. You know, we need some more unlearned and ignorant men. Just simply obey. You know, these Pharisees, they had all the scholarly background. They knew the Old Testament cover to cover. But they weren't even saved. They didn't even know who Jesus was. But these fishermen, these common, ordinary people, they knew Jesus, and they, they, they had their lives changed. And ladies and gentlemen, even though they were unlearned and ignorant, they were able to preach the gospel, and God gave the increase. Would you simply obey? Even this morning, would you sign up for the prayer chain? Would you sign up for some days where you could go out? Would you sign up for the private times where you could evangelize? Are we just going to let all these things go and not be surrendered, not be submissive, not be a vessel, not be a voice? You know, God is not asking us too much. You know, Jesus Christ said, yes, I'll die on the cross. And then we receive Jesus Christ, our personal Savior, and we're on our way to heaven. And we say, no, Jesus, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go preach the gospel. I'm not going to share uh, the gospel. I'm not going to give a tract to my neighbor. I'm not going to do that. It's not me. Ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't right for Jesus Christ to die on that cross. Did you know that? He wasn't, he wasn't dying for his sins. Did you know that? He died as sacrifice. He died for us. And ladies and gentlemen, yes, it might not be you, but there are those who are waiting for the good news of Jesus. And God needs a vessel. God needs some feet that's shod with the gospel of peace so that they could truly go out and be used of him. Would you be used of God? Would you say yes to God this morning and say, God, use me, help me? I don't know where, I don't know how, but I say yes, I am surrendered. I know you'll bring out the details, and I'll do the work, I'll pray, but you give the end.